Today on Shatter the Mold, we'll talk shop with a high-profile YouTuber who managed to build his subscriber count to half a million people and counting, and that's only about 20% of his total audience. He'll be sharing some high-impact insights on how he did it and how you can make the same impact in your business. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, Others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you. Uh, today is going to be a really awesome episode. And, you know, it's funny, every single episode leading up to this, I always seem to try to have a new update for the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Um, and part of the reason for that is I've been stalling because I'm going to be building a YouTube channel in support of that book. Um, and you know, as luck would have it, I've run into a couple really awesome YouTubers, one of which will be Alex Hefner today. And so <laughs> pretty soon I'll have more updates than just the book itself. And I'm really excited to share that. Um, with that said, before getting into the interview, as always, I did want to thank those people that have been picking up the book, uh, all the positive Amazon reviews and all the positive emails that come in on a regular basis. Uh, I'm really excited that people continue to enjoy the book, uh, whether it's the paperback, the ebook, or even the audiobook format. So thank you so much for that. But with all that said, let's get straight down to business here. Alex Hefner started his YouTube channel three years ago and has built it to half a million subscribers and counting. And you'll notice in the interview, we talk about it being 470,000 subscribers because we did this a couple weeks ago, but he's going so fast. I've got to push this interview out right now just to stay relevant and to stay accurate. So, you know, to his credit, you know, according to YouTube, he's sitting at 499, which really means it's more than 499,000. He's on the cusp of half a million right now. And it's just so exciting. And what he does specifically in his videos, we will talk about in this interview. And we'll even find out his unexpected occupation by day when he's not working on the channel. And I really sought him out for this show because I easily identified a lot of entrepreneurial strategy and spirit and wisdom in what he's doing. And I wanted to make sure to share it with all of you as well. So with that said, let's just switch over on mics and get straight into the interview just as it's beginning. And trust me when I say you are really going to love this one. Alex, thank you so much for being here, man, and, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thank you so much, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I say this to every single person who comes on, but I am just so excited because I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. And, um, you know, as people now know, based on reading the this, whatever title I give this, this podcast, um, to me, you're, dude, you're a superstar YouTuber. You've gone to 470,000 subscribers in about three years. Mm -hmm. And um, let me know if I am misrepresenting here, but basically what you do is you film reaction videos uh, to music videos. You're reacting to bands like Evanescence and Breaking Benjamin. And all you're doing is for, I don't know, five or 10 minutes, being you on camera, reacting with pure genuine emotion to what you're seeing. That's the concept. That's the channel. And people are digging it. And when we, let's be honest, when we say 470,000 subscribers, how many are lurkers that don't bother to subscribe? So there's a lot more people, yeah, that, that they dig your stuff. So I don't even know where to begin, but I guess, I guess the first question I want to ask you is, um, 
what inspires you to start a YouTube channel and do this specifically? Sure. That's a good question. So to backtrack a little bit, just cause I know the statistic offhand, um, there, I think the percentage of people that watch my videos that are not subscribed are about 70 to 80%. Good Lord. Is Holy way shit. higher than I ever thought it would be. Um, so just, you know, food for thought right there. But in terms of why I started, started the channel, um, just from a consumer perspective, me watching YouTube videos myself, that's what I love to do. Well, before I even started my own YouTube channel, that's what I would do. I would come home from school, wouldn't even watch TV that much, wouldn't watch Netflix too much. I'd be on YouTube watching videos and I would watch a lot of reaction channels and I would watch a lot of vlogs. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. I was like, that would be so cool. Um, if I could, if that could be my career, right? Wake up every day, film my life and vlogging is what I really wanted to do. So I started off trying to make, you know, three vlogs a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and just kind of see what happened with that. And views were at like, you know, five, 10 views per video, 20 views if I was lucky. Um, and I had, you know, I was having fun with what I was doing, working, working on my editing skills and, you know, trying to come up with some creative topics that I could make videos and curate videos around. Um, and then came to the harsh realization that one, nobody knows who I am. And two, nobody cares who Joe Schmo down the street, what he's doing on his daily basis. So I was like, all right, I need to give people a reason to be interested in my life. And the other type of video I was watching were reaction videos and me being a hip hop head rap fan growing up, I would watch a bunch of hip hop and rap reactions. And I was like, this seems, this is really entertaining. I feel like I have the personality for this. I feel like I could do something just as good, if not better. So let me try to do some reactions and maybe we can come full circle, you know, and have um, maybe build up my reaction channel. And at the end of the day, say you reach a million subscribers and hopefully someone would be like, Hey, I wonder what that skinny ass goofy kid who reacts to music does in his day to day. And kind mm. of almost like a full circle back to vlogging, fell in love with making reaction videos. And it's just, you know, I've just been riding the wave ever since. I, you know, you mentioned video editing skills and what I find interesting, you correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't seem like for these at least, they require a lot of editing. It seems like one take, um, which I find ironic unless I'm missing the, the, the skips where no. you are going through heavy editing. You're right. Um, you know, it depends. It varies channel to channel. So I still watch a lot of reactions. Um, and the reason for that is twofold. One, because I still enjoy it. Too, because keep my eye on the competition, see what I'm up against, right? Just see what everybody else is doing. Um, and a lot of them are one take. You know, a lot of them um, have the program OBS, which allows you to stream and you can have the video in this lower portion and it's just one video file and then you upload that. I do it the way I taught myself how to do it, which is much harder than it needs to be, but it works for me. So mm. I like download the video from YouTube in an exported video file. I overlay it for my video, for my, you know, video that I take of myself and chop it up and everything. And, um, I could put out a lot more reactions if I did a lot less editing, but you know, with music and cut scenes and just transitions and having music fade in and chopping up the blank space where nobody's talking, it takes a little bit of time. Um, over the years I've gotten a lot quicker at it, but I'd say on average, you know, if I, from start to finish, me downloading a finding a video I want to react to downloading it reacting to it editing it uploading it probably takes about two two and a half hours per video got it um it's so interesting <laughs> I when I watch your videos I'm under this assumption that oh Alex is streaming 
the music video <laughs> and filming his reaction. It's like five minutes and he's done. And like, we never and, know on our end of the camera. Right, it really could be, you know, I think that I make it harder for myself, but like I said, it works for me. And that's, that's at the end of the day, that's what I'm comfortable with. Mm. Um, and I think that that's a compliment that a lot of people that edit videos on a much higher scale, say Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino films, you all, editing's a weird thing where you almost, your editing job is good if no one notices it's there. That type of thing, right? If you don't notice the edit, it's like, it's smooth, it works, it's a good transition. I literally mm. got goosebumps. I don't know what's up with me getting goosebumps in that, but got goosebumps from that. Um, that's how you know the editing's good. So for you to say, it looks like it's streamed, almost is like exactly what I want. It's just so smooth and fluid that you don't notice the edit. I love it. And by the way, just to know, Alps, I feel your pain. I, I recently um, recorded like the audiobook version of, of my book that came out last year. And I would always like stutter and skip. Like I never had clean sentences. It got to a point where I would try to track it where I was like, I said gates are and like the S part, I had to link the two parts of it just to make sure that it sounded seamless. And That's it right. was just endless frustration. So I'm sure there's things that I don't even imagine that you're going through. So mad props to uh to the editing that you must go through that a lot of people never see thank you and yeah and, and you said something in your answer when you said goosebumps which i dude i love whenever you're watching these is like i remember you did um i think it was going under by evanescence um and you got goosebumps and you're like oh and you're touching your arm which people don't see because this is going to be mostly audio right. but i just like it's so funny because it brought me back to remembering what it was like to hear that song for the first time and you know they hit the hook and they hit the chorus Right. And I'm wondering, like, do you get that feedback from people where they're like, dude, I totally, like, felt you when you mentioned how awesome that part of the song was? Do you get that kind of interaction with people? I do. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's hard to describe music, which is the whole basis of my reaction channel. Music, it's like describing, how do you describe the color red to someone? It's like, you really can't. How do you describe a feeling that is evoked from a certain song? You can do your best to do the song justice based on explaining how you feel, but it's almost just like an easier catch-all to be like, yo, I just got goosebumps. And it's like, if it gave me goosebumps, you you probably had goosebumps in, by listening to a piece of art before, seeing art, listening to music, watching a movie. And when people see that, it's like they are able to understand a little bit more. It gives it a little bit more credence. Um, but on a lot of social media, a lot of Instagram, I get people sending me messages with like, hey, if you get goosebumps whenever, you re whenever you're listening to songs, this is what it means. And they send me articles and they send me all these studies and things about what it means in your brain from a psychological standpoint if you get goosebumps from artistic things like that. Right, right. And, you know, I can tell, obviously, you're coming from an earnest place with this. But simultaneously, and this is what I want to get across to, to people listening, you are, in my opinion, an entrepreneur in the purest sense of the word. And I think you understand the value of connection. Yes. Like, if people aren't connecting to you and they're not feeling what you're doing, then there's, there's not going to be 470,000 subscribers in three years, which That's right. is amazing. Uh, right. You know, I, it, it starts off. Well, first of all, you know, from anything, I wanted to build a personal brand being Alex Hefner, you know, like I didn't want to type in, uh, or I didn't want to curate my channel that's only hip hop head reacts because who the hell is hip hop head? I want my name to be the personal brand. And with that, you're right. It comes down, you're exactly right. It comes down to connecting with people because aside from having just another form of escapism, which there are millions out there for people, um, especially in today's day and age when everyone's attention span is about two to seven seconds long, mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone has 
different routes. So I think that it's important to connect with people. And early on in the reaction game or just any type of videos, um, I was so excited to wake up in the morning and see that I had like seven notifications on my YouTube and I would go check them out. I replied to every single comment, no matter if it was a suggestion or, hey, dude, your hair looks good today. I would reply to every single comment until I couldn't anymore. And then it got to a point where I physically could not, even if right now from 24 hours a day, if I stayed up all day replying to every single comment, I could not get to them. So right. I think that's just a little tidbit, a little tip for people out there in anything, any business, any social media outlet. If you have comments on your things, answer as many as you can until you can't. Yes. And I love that. And I'll tell you, like, even like when, when I get reviews on my book, I comment on all the reviews on Amazon Good. so that people can see that I'm going to respond I, like any little bit, like you said, because it, uh, it brings in connection. It encourages other people that are seeing what's going on. I mean, I imagine people looking at YouTube like, oh, my God, Alex replied. Now I know if I comment, at least in the beginning of the game, when you had you had the bandwidth. Right. Like, cool. So um, awesome. Now, one thing it's, it's rolling in my head, I want to make sure to get to, because again, you're, you know, you're, you're earnest and you're authentic, but you're also business minded. I'm wondering for your kind of channel, do you concern yourself with like SEO, like putting in keywords to the descriptions of the videos in hopes that it's going to work in a certain way? And if so, what's your strategy that you might recommend to other people? Sure. So there, um, I don't know much about search engine optimization. I don't pay for Google ads. I don't, I've, I've meant, I've paid for Google ads a couple times, but it just got to the point where I was like, I want to make genuine authentic content. Not that if you pay for ads, you don't have genuine content. Um, I just, I just don't do that. Um, what I do is there's this thing, there's this internet extension called VidIQ. And what it is, is it breaks down all your analytics. It tells you how many views you got um, on your entire channel in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, and just breaks down everything. And it has keyword suggestions. So it, you know, all the tags that you type in, it cycles through all of your videos and connects your videos to past videos and suggests keywords that you type in for the tags on each video so that it will link other people to your other one. So my saving grace has been vidIQ. Um, yeah, I'd love that to be a promotion and get paid for it, but uh, that, that's the secret. You know, that's what right. I've been using. Um, other people, you know, other things work for them. Google ads, um, a lot of uh, something that I need to be more um, up to date with is just collaborating with people. I think collaborating with other artists and other creators is huge. And it's something that I have barely touched on, which is just a disservice to myself. And I know that I just need to make it happen. Um, so yeah, you know, mess with search engine optimization a little bit in forms of vidIQ, but other than that, nothing much at all. Cool. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. By the way, if, if it seems like uh, to people listening, I'm going rapid fire, it's because there's so much I want to cover with you. So next, <laughs> to, next in my brain, um, you, on, mentioned, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, you uh, mentioned in like, there's not much about you on your channel, but you said you're a law school graduate yes. and you didn't say you're an attorney. You said you're a law school graduate. I wonder like, are you planning on being like an agent or are you going to, you haven't passed the bar yet? Like, where are you feeling that you're going to take that with? Because you are mentioning it to people to let them know that about you. Sure. That's a good question. So that's just uh, me being lazy, essentially. So uh, law school graduate, you know, I, um, in all, during law school, on all my social media platforms, I'd say law student plus YouTuber. Whenever I graduated law school, I changed that law student to law school graduate because I had not passed the bar yet. I've passed the bar. I'm an attorney. So a lawyer by day, 
you know, YouTuber by night. And I just updated it. Thank you so much. I've not updated from law school graduate to lawyer. Awesome. Awesome. So this actually makes my next question really pertinent. And please give me the disclaimer of this doesn't count as legal advice because I don't know what I'm about (laughs) to, I don't know about can of worms I'm about to open here, but here you are, you're filming reaction videos to copyrights. And I see other YouTube channels where they don't even want to play music in the background because they're worried about the copyright strike from YouTube. And I am making an assumption that you're monetized here. So I'm wondering, like, is there something that you're doing that, you know, to make sure that it's legally okay to put it there, that you don't have to worry about getting keep that they're going to try to, like, copyright strike you? Because I imagine there's other YouTubers that want to put out, like, clips and they're like, oh, I don't want to get, like, bounced off. I don't want my channel canceled on me. And you do it in every video. I'm like, okay, Alex must know something. Let me ask him this. Uh, you have great questions, by the way. So I commend you on those. Thank you. Um, I wish it was as simple as saying, hey, graduate law school. You got the legal knowledge. You can get around the copyrights. You can make money on those videos. Not the case. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's that brings me to another interesting point. I'm going to write a note down so I don't forget. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so with copyrights, the way that it works, just from a grand umbrella sentence overarching statement is that and this is an arbitrary number 95 percent of the reactions that i make are not monetized that's just the way it is Mm. so with copyrights on youtube it can come in the form of a couple different things sometimes just the mp3 file just the song itself can get copyrighted sometimes the video the music video can get copyrighted now um whenever that happens it's not a copyright strike. It's not a strike on your account. Cause if you, you get three strikes on your YouTube account and then your account's deactivated, which is very scary. Mm-hmm. Luckily I have not had any strikes knock on wood. Um, so what happens is if a label does, you know, has a copyright claim on one of your videos, they can either just notify you, Hey, there's a copyright claim on this and you can still make money from it. That's one option. Another one is the money you make from it is shared. So I'll get a portion of it. The label slash artist, I don't really know what happens on their end. Someone else gets a portion of the the money that I get from that video. Or I can't monetize it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's it's the, the last option where I can't monetize it at all. And sometimes in a rare case, for such bands as uh, Rammstein, they block the video worldwide. So, you oh, know, wow. based on my... I'll, you know, I'll go through my whole two and a half hour, three hour process of getting a video, finally uploading it to YouTube. And it's saying your video has been blocked worldwide. And sometimes, you know, it's just blocked in the territories. It's blocked in a few countries, depending on what countries have copyright issues. Right. But a lot of times it's blocked worldwide. So um, that is hope that answers your question that a lot of times music reaction channels have to go to other avenues, such as selling T-shirts, such as doing hey, you know, I'll react to some up and coming bands. If you have a band with 2000 followers, like I'll do a reaction for you, pay me, I'll do a reaction. And you have to go to other forms and fashions to get um, some money, which brings mm-hmm. me to another point. You know, a lot of times that's not intuitive, especially to people that don't make videos themselves or who's, who, who YouTube is just a platform for consumption for them and not a form of revenue or anything. Um, and that goes, that couples with the point that a lot of times people have been accusing me of making, you know, fake reactions, or I made a reaction to, uh, <clears throat> what was it? It was um, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. 
And, you know, I've seen Wayne's World. You know, I've heard bits and pieces of Bohemian Rhapsody before the reaction. I've heard the song, but I haven't sat down, fully had the lyrics up, listened to the song with headphones, given it a fair listen from start to finish and analyzed it and actually listened to it. Um, And I explained that in the video. And a lot of people um, don't give that any time of day. And they're saying, hey, you're fake. Can I curse on this? Yeah. Hey, you're a fake talking reaction channel. Yep. Like you're doing this for the views. You're doing this to make a bunch of money. And it's so funny because if I go to my analytics and I look at my most viewed videos, the first like 30 most viewed videos aren't monetized at all. So it's like, what financial gain would I get? Or what gain at all would I get from right. making a fake reaction and uploading that for something that I couldn't even make money on? I guess I could form more fans and, you know, sell t-shirts to more people based on fake things. But the end of the day, I'm not going to not upload a video because I should have heard that song. Doesn't right. It's a, it's a cynical world. It's, it's bullshit, exactly. but yeah. Yeah. Um, so quick, just final question on, on this train that we were on. Yeah. Does that mean you kind of like uploaded and have it open for monetization and YouTube makes the decision for you or like, does it, you just like not even elect to have it monetized when you upload it from the beginning? Right. So whenever you upload a video, you know, you go through about four or five different steps. One is setting up all the basic information, the title, the thumbnail, what's in the description. Step one. Step two is monetization. If you want to monetize that and channels, I think they have to have a certain threshold of followers and watch time in order to be eligible for monetization. But just for sake of argument, let's say you meet those and you're able to monetize. Um, I will go through the normal process of uploading a video. select monetize because I'll try to monetize every single video that I do. And a lot of times after the fact, after I click publish, I'll get an email saying, hey, it's been copyrighted. Um, Either they'll let me know I'm still making money on it. Let me know that it's shared or let me know that it's blocked. And -hmm. if it's blocked, then I'll just say, hey, your video has been blocked worldwide. And then I'll just get a plethora of comments. Hey, your video is not working. Your video says it's unavailable. You know, so it's just right. kind of playing the course and kind of playing everything by ear and taking different courses of action when things come up in your way. First old problems, right? hundred percent. Glad Got to it. have those. <laughs> yeah. Um, you wrote something down as we were talking. Did you get a chance to cover what you wanted? I did. That was the, the premise of people accusing me of having, and not just me, of every reaction channel of having fake reactions to make money. Yeah. A lot of times reaction channels don't make money at all. You know, I'll tell you, it's funny because like one of the things in my head that I wanted to ask you about was haters. And I think this kind of falls in that category. Um, You seem like, to me, again, this is our first conversation. You're down to earth, friendly, cool guy. You're never, in my opinion, a dick on any of those videos. And here you're you're out so much. And I'm I'm assuming you're just, you're getting a lot of hate and a lot of bullshit. Um, And I think sometimes certain people might be scared to put themselves out there and do more because they get one bad review or one critique or it just, it, it hurts inside. It's part of our survival mechanism. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, you seem like, again, very cerebral. You're obviously cognizant of it. Is there anything that you do particularly to kind of like to deal with that or cope with that, that you would suggest other people have a certain perspective? Great question. Back to oh God, you're good at this. Um, Thanks, man. I think, you know, couple things. So one is I don't read the comments nearly as much as I used to, which contradicts what I said about replying to as many comments as you can. All, you know, base, a, you know, average yeah. video, I'll get about a thousand comments on in like 24 to 48 hours. Um, so I'll go through and answer the first few and by few, I mean like several hundred, I'll go through the first, you know, few. Um, I'll try to answer them. 
And, you know, it's, it's funny because if you spend a lot of time in the comments, more so than anything else, what I found, now this may be unique to myself, but I think it's more human nature than anything. I think this speaks to everybody, is people search for the negative comments. I'll go through the sea of positivity and just like almost not even realize it and not even let it register. And then I see the negative one and I'm like, oh, this person hates me. Like, let me focus all my energy on this. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so stupid. And, um, you know, my fiance, uh, she's been on a few videos with me and she's got a little, she's got thinner skin than I do. Um, and it's caused her a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. And, you know, it breaks my heart to see that at the end of the day, though, it's it. The thing that I try to tell myself and tell her, and this is, you know, an announcement to anybody out there who's puts themselves out there on social media is keyboard warriors are a real thing. People start saying and doing things whenever they get the pleasure of hiding behind their computer screen and a keyboard and they get they get ballsy with what they say. I would love to make videos of getting all my hate comments and then getting all those people and putting them in a room. And then I walk in and I would love to see how they react. <laughs> I would absolutely love that. Oh um, God. I'd pay to see that too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's it, man. I think that, you know, what, what needs to happen aside from human nature, because people want people to like them um, is coming to terms with the notion that people who strategically go out of their way to leave a comment on a piece of art that someone created and say something derogatory or negative you should we should really be feeling sorry for those people because they must be feeling that way on the inside that they feel they have to protrude that on others mm-hmm. so at the end of the day i i try to feel bad for them automatically i get on the defensive and i'm like yo fuck that guy he doesn't know what he's talking about and then i have to like reel myself back in and be like hey it's probably some 11 year old kid thinks he's being funny, thinks he's being like all high and mighty. I'm just not going to pay attention to it. So it just comes with, comes with the territory. You know, Fair enough. You got to deal with. So cool. And it's interesting for me. I, I'm not anywhere close to a level of you. I've got a, I've got 10 subscribers and I haven't even launched a channel yet, but um, you know, in terms of my book and all, and this podcast, the, the rare hate that I do get um we all take it to heart. And I remind myself like, okay, am I going to let this person stop me from like paying bills and putting food on the table and giving value to anyone else? That's obviously giving me feedback that they're getting it. And that's where it clicks me. Like, like you said, like, fuck this guy, because right. you know, the la- it's almost like I almost get like spiteful. Like, listen, I'll, I'll listen to the feedback and I'll even consider it to see if it's valuable and if it's constructive. Yep. But bottom line, this person's trying to tear me down. Fuck them because, 100%. you know, even if I was, didn't care about making an impact for others, I certainly care about making an impact for myself and breathing. Yes. So um, thank you for sharing your perspective as someone that gets a lot more heat than me. Of course. And to go, you know, to couple, another fact with that is you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times I'll react as, like you to, go with what you said, breaking Benjamin, you know, a lot of people will come and say, that's not real metal. That's some like radio bullshit. <laughs> you need to react to some extreme metal. So if yeah. I did that and reacted to some extreme metal, people would come in and be like, yo, what are you doing? Like you went to the dark side. This isn't good. So you can't please everybody. No matter what content you put out there, someone's going to have something negative to say about it. Uh, yeah. Especially, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I didn't even think about that. You're doing reaction to music. So people aren't just reacting to you. They're reacting to the style of music also. So it's like, yeah twofold with you Holy, i didn't even it's so funny that you don't realize it until you say that loud like oh alex is getting even more heat than i thought but you also <laughs> get more more love fortunately i mean again i think it's a kick-ass channel and I, I, it's so funny i i've been trying to figure this out and i don't even know if, if you've had insights about this but it's almost like 
there's something about watching people react to things, whether it's whether it's like music videos or movie scenes or even like um, I don't know if you've heard of that channel like uh, Angry Picnic, where the dude yeah. will like he Those picks the college, college campuses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I I because I watch them and they've been like really entertaining, and I caught myself like. I'm not even watching the dude that's doing whatever he's doing. I'm watching their reaction, watching their face and watching their eyes light up. And I had this insight, like, I don't even know what it is, but I care about, like, there's a communal thing about human beings that their reaction, you're like, you find yourself living vicariously through them in some way, shape or form. 100%. And, you know, I think for some reason, like one of the reasons that your channel is so cool and um, I'm almost like disappointed here that you're not making as much money as you should and that's not monetized because you bring so much value to those videos. But I think it's when you get goosebumps, I don't always get goosebumps, but it does like remind me of that point in a song and, you know, it fills me, my body with positive chemicals and like, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. So I just, I think it's so cool when you have videos like yours and others that it, um, it just brings out that extra layer and you kind of get to live vicariously through people. Oh, I'm convinced that reactions are the highest form of media in any any sense of the word. You know, you have you have prank channels. People love doing pranks because they like the reaction. Mm-hmm. You have vlogs like David Dobrik and Logan Paul, who or Mr. Beast, who end up giving ten thousand dollar tips at restaurants or giving away cars or ordering a pizza, and then he tips the house as like a tip. And all of those are getting a reaction from somebody. So maybe not in the sense of, hey, I'm going to react to this little blurb right here, this music video, but people love reactions at the end mm. of the day. You know, that's what, that's why people say and do funny and outlandish things because it gets a reaction out of them. So, you know, the music is a little bit different because everybody is, it has a much more emotional connection than a lot of other giving away people car giving cars to people or something you know people have go, turned to music in times of their life whenever they're struggling whenever they get divorced or broken up with or the house gets foreclosed on they turn to music a lot of the time so it has emotional connections and every single person has been like yo dude check out this song check this out so it's like you know whenever i have as many reactions as i do people come back to my channel day in and day out and they feel like we're friends. You know, I've never seen a lot of their faces, 90% of the people I've never seen their face, but they see my face every day. So Mm. it's like we've curated this friendship, this bond. And it's the same exact thing. If you have a buddy, who's, who's your best friend's name? You got a good friend, Um, Pat, Pat. So you go up to Pat and you say, dude, I checked out this awesome song. I I want you to see it. Let me play it for you. And you want to get their reaction. And that's the kind of relationship I've built with just 470,000 people. Mm. And you just, you you took it to a deeper level there because there's social currency in sharing something that, you know, someone that you care about is going to like because they associate that with you. Yes. I love it. hundred percent. Oh, I love it. Cool. So, I mean, I know you do uh, t-shirts. I haven't done... Uh, you know, a 500% job on stalking you, but I see on your channel, like, you got t-shirts. I'm yep. wondering, do you have plans to monetize in other ways for through the channel? Or is that kind of like the, the main avenue for you right now? So t-shirts is an interesting, um, interesting topic. That has been my main, well, that's been one of the main avenues for revenue. It is not nearly as much as people think. I feel like 400, like, you know, my thought process, if I were a layman who never made videos, I'd be like, okay, my thought process would be 470,000 people say 10% buy a shirt every video. That's, you know, what's 10% of 470,000, 47,000 people. 
Like that's a lot of teach. Say you sent that like sold a shirt for a dollar, forty-seven thousand dollars you get, and just for conservative purposes, let's cut that in half. So right. you get twenty-three twenty-three thousand five hundred dollars. Never before seen that for a shirt. It's probably one percent or less than one percent of the people that buy t-shirts every time you put it out there. Mm. Um, probably made a few thousand dollars selling t-shirts. Um, realistically, being as transparent and upfront as I can, probably ten to eleven thousand dollars or somewhere around that ballpark from the birth of my reaction to right now is about how much money I've made on t-shirts, which is nothing. Now maybe that's maybe that's something of my own fault. Maybe I'm not doing something right, and it's right. a constant learning process. Um, well, am, am I? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, is, am I? Am I uh, correct in assuming that it's free to upload these designs and have them on the store, or do you have to put out money to get the designs up? So, I mean, I create all the designs. What I okay. do, I don't want to. I didn't want to have any inventory. Um, so I go through a third party like Bonfire or Teespring. They, of course, get a cut out of every shirt I sell, but mm. they deal with the shipping, they deal with the printing, they deal with everything. So I don't touch any merchandise. It's just easier for me. Busy guy making videos, planning a wedding, being a lawyer. I don't have time to buy bulk shirts, put designs on them, and then ship them out myself. Um, so that's one avenue of income. And it's cool, um, you know, because I've actually leveraged that in job interviews. That's like the job interview that I, you know, used to get hired for the place I'm working for now. I was, they asked about my experience and I was like, in law school, you know, I, I shadowed a criminal defense attorney for a summer, but that's the extent of my experience. Everybody else in law school has two to three years of experience already clerking for judges, working at law firms. And I was like, I made a YouTube channel. It's like, that's what I did. I came home and I made videos and essentially I have experience that others don't have because they were working for somebody. I was my own business owner. I was the one who was dealing with brands. I was the one who was dealing with other people with inter interacting with much bigger companies, t-shirt sales, promotion, search engine optimization, all these things I had to fumble with and figure out myself. So I leveraged that into my interview. And I think that made me stand apart from a lot of other people. I love but it. At the end of the day, you know, t-shirt sales, that's one avenue. Another avenue, like I said, up and coming bands. Um, I'll charge them a rather hefty price to get their music heard. And there's a whole argument for that. Easiest way to get in front of half a million screaming metal fans in a couple clicks. You know, I don't know. Yes. I don't know where you else can get that opportunity. Absolutely, man. I love it. I love it. It's perpetual advertisement. That video will live on my channel forever. Yes. So if, if you're if that video you paid for gets a fraction of what I normally get, say it gets ten thousand views, then who's not to say that two years from now the right person from a label won't stumble upon that video, see that band, and it's just the the opportunity to be heard by people. That's what you're paying for. Yeah, it's it's way better than back in the day. People just want to get on their local radio station. Like, no, no, like Alex will get it in front of more than half a million people because again, they're not all subscribers. So right. And I will, you know, I you, you dig the band dictates what goes in the description. Every link to your social media will be there. Whatever you want, a biography of the band, it's the easiest way because all the attention's on social media platforms. Mm -hmm. A huge amount of the attention nowadays is not on the radio, is not on TV. It's on internet. It's on YouTube. It's on Instagram. And that's what, you know, that's what you're paying for. Right. And aside from I that is, it. you know, just, you know, just uh, Raid Shadow of Legends. That's a huge one for me. Shout out to them. But bands or brands who, you know, want some exposure. At the end of the day, I follow Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. I don't know if you know who he is or you yep. follow his content. Love Gary V. And he's right, man. You know, like YouTube channels. So say Alex Hefner is the new 
CNBC or the new ABC. That's the channel that you're working on on this new television, which is the computer. Raid Shadow Legends or other brands are the commercials. So they come in, be the commercials for me, and that's another form of nice. revenue right there. I love it. I, I don't want to tell you your business, and I don't even know if you're doing this already, but if, if I were in your shoes and those bands are coming to me, Please. I would do the, the outro portion. Like, tell me your, your second best song that hits people in those first 10 seconds or in 10-second clip, and that yeah. would be, like, the outro of the video where it says, like, you know, like, buy this MP3 at X, you know, S address. That's a good idea. Because so you're saying just, like, react to a Breaking Benjamin song and then the last outro of the video say, hey, check out this band, and it's, here's a little clip of them. Yeah, just that part that hits them. Or also even doubly valuable for the band themselves. You do a reaction to their song, but you say, okay, give me a second song where I'll play 15 seconds of it at the end to right. whet their appetite and get them over to your link. Mm, that's good. Yes, sir. <laughs> that <laughs> Interaction, bro, that's what we're here for. I appreciate that. I have not thought about that. Yeah, man. I, done but for some reason it never computed in my brain to do that myself thank you i'll look into that yeah man and one more thing that again just to try to tell you business before i was going like you know better than me but if t-shirts are free for you to design i see so much and again i haven't paid attention to t-shirts so i don't know if you're doing this already sure. but i think goosebumps would be a hell of a, a catchphrase for you to put on and get people to buy i yeah. think a um a cartoony um imprint of your likeness would be a great t-shirt but also, um, you're wondering, like, why more, more I'm buying? I would try the WWE approach or the way they did it, like, old school in WWF. Like, wear the T-shirts in the videos if you're not doing it already because it's just people connect more in that way. And 100%. You might get haters, and they might, they might call it cheesy. There might be sellouts, so there's risks. But right. if you don't give a fuck, you're like, oh, as an experiment, I'm going to wear one T-shirt. It's always worth playing around with. I just figured I'd offer that to you. I appreciate that. And that's, I'm, I'm doing that. So to a couple of your points, goosebumps, I have a shirt right now that in the got milk font, got goosebumps. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> been wearing my shirts in the videos. I just, I have fun with it, man. You know, I, I love that. I, I like, I've always been a fan of watching people's videos and I love seeing people wear their own merch in their videos. Like you said, it adds a little bit extra to it. It gets that personal connection same at concerts. Um, mm. More so I've seen this in rap than metal. I've only been to a handful of metal concerts now, but a lot of the rappers that I would go to their concerts, they would be wearing the merch that they're selling at the stand. So then I see, oh my God, the guy that I'm here to see is wearing that shirt. I want to be like him and I'm going to go buy it. So, yep. Yep. Already I love on that. it. Already on that. And by the way, I'm kind of like simultaneously doing this for, for people who are listening right now, you should, and we will give you the specifics. You should check out Alex's channel, but I wanted to kind of emphasize this because Alex obviously knows this stuff, but I want people to hear these kinds of insights and ideas because they seem like small little things, but yes. they build up over time and a lot of money kind of piles in when you're disciplined and you do all the little things adding up to one big thing. That's right. And um, I also want to give you props for all the, like you mentioned a lot of, golden nuggets here in this interview that people might have missed like the fact that you were paying attention to what's going on you identified the fact that reaction videos have a certain power to them that informed on your decision and you were still simultaneously authentic in who you were which is such a key piece so it's like a, this is my reminder for people listening right there that like there's so many core uh fundamentals of entrepreneurship that we've just been talking about in passing yeah. while we're having a kick-ass back and forth conversation right now so yeah. uh I want, I want to thank you for that. Um, sure. I'm trying to think if there's any, I don't want to keep you on the line forever. But I was trying to think if there's any like really pertinent oh, question. You can keep going as long as you want. I love it. Okay, so, you know, quick disclaimer, um, Alex is such a busy guy and, and I'm such a busy guy, but nothing on, on Alex. We tried to do this interview uh, probably a couple of months ago and, uh, and things got in the way. Yeah. Um, 
I, I am personally, I'm getting so much out of this conversation, but I'm also so grateful that my listeners are getting this. It's worth the effort. Like, you know, like you never take anything personally. Alex wasn't dodging me. He was fucking busy, but like, you know, this interview that kind of feels like it happened on the fly. It took a lot to get to, which is totally worth it. Again, another reminder, like, you know, people are busy, things are happening, but everyone's got like a good heart, their heart's in the right place. So like, I'm so happy that um, we, and you also, you put in some effort, man. You were tracking me down on email today. I'm glad that we both put the effort in to kind of get this conversation in front of people because this is what it's all about. Of course, man. uh, I appreciate you working with me and not, not taking anything for granted and just, you know, at the end of the day, one more, a little, another little nugget for the people that listen to um, your content is I think that letting go of your ego and, you know, kind of like you said, don't get upset if things don't exactly work out the way you want, you know, and to couple that, if you're, I can speak from a video production standpoint, if you want to make YouTube videos, if I can do it, you sure as shit can. And what I think the main key there is to let go of your ego and be willing to upload a video that gets four views and don't get discouraged and keep uploading because, you know, you'll find your niche. Like I said, I started off with vlogs and re- and pranks and doing shit that did not get traction. And I kept uploading and kept trying. And once the reaction video, little spark there, I kind of, you know, found my own little route and took that. And once that started snowballing, baby, baby snowballing, um, you know, the comments kind of take over. And it's like, you don't even have to create your content anymore. You just read the comments. Yes. Someone's like, hey, react to this. And that comment gets a thousand likes and you're like shit a thousand people want me to react to this so let me do that which takes you on another rabbit trail so all you have to do is just keep uploading keep trying let go yes. of your ego and just create oh i love it and that's such a valuable thing for like for reaction or prank videos your audience writes your content for you they just give you all the suggestions you need exactly. you don't gotta think shit up anymore once you got like fifty thousand, uh you know uh subscribers you're off to the races they're they're giving you everything that you need to to run with that's right uh, I love it. Awesome. Um, so many questions popping in. Like my brain's like just exploded. Um, so I'm curious uh, if somebody, you know, besides the, I'm, I'm actually going to make it harder on you besides the advice of just start because everyone wants to say that, um, which is good advice, but besides just start, what advice might you give, give to somebody that wants to start a YouTube channel or Instagram account or anything where they finally start building up their base? Great question. This might be, you know, someone may disagree completely with this advice. What I've done is I have found people that I like in terms of content creation. So for instance, I don't know if you know who David Dobrik is. He's, I watch his vlogs religiously. I think they're hilarious. And what I did um, whenever I started to make vlogs is I'll find someone and I'll almost copy them to a T. Try to make a David Dobrik vlog, but make it Alex Hefner. And that's just to get the basis going. I'll copy someone exactly, give them credit, whatever. But from that, you kind of learn how to do things. And then once you, you know, you make minor tweaks to create your own content and to create your own avenue in your own lane. So once you find somebody that you like, you just try to make a video like they would do and then cater it to yourself and kind of make changes slightly throughout. You don't have to have, you know, it's overwhelming when you look at the forest, you're like, shit. So take my videos, for example. I've got an intro that I use for every single video. I've got an outro that I use for every single video. I have like my go-to like punch sound effects, like uh, hope you're having a dope ass day and I'm back and have the little whenever I hit that. Someone who has no videos would sit and be like, fuck, like I have 
now I have to, not only do I have to think of what videos I want to create, but I also have to have an image that people like. I also have to have an intro, outro, thumbnails. Like you don't, you mm. don't have to have everything. Let that happen. Eventually find a piece of content that you like, kind of copy that, do it in your own form and fashion. And over time you'll develop your own way of doing things. I love it's it. Like singers. I think, you know, if you want to be a singer, Try to, if you like the way boys to men sound, try to sound exactly like boys to men. And then over time, you'll develop your own voice and your own sense for doing things. Right. That's it's, like, it's like, so you, you don't know where to begin. You model because that gets you over the hoop and that, that you basically teach yourself a lot through the process of modeling. A hundred percent. And you don't like, you know, it's, it would be really weird for someone to be right off the bat just to have everything you need like the exact intro you're going to use the exact outro like have a dope ass day that's not even something i came up with i just said mm -hmm. the word i was like hey i hope y'all having a dope ass day one video and someone was like hey you start you've said that a lot like is that your is that your catchphrase and i was like shit no but it, now, it, it is now <laughs> yep. just ran with it and then i made shirts and it's like i didn't even create that people who watch my video created that and i took from it so yes. you know like i didn't it the people who watch your videos make your videos. Mm, that is, that's wisdom right there in one sentence. I love it. I love it. I've never said that in my life. And it's thanks to this interview that, you know, stuff like that. You don't know until yes. you start doing things. Things pop up, man. Serendipity. Making things slightly more complicated, just because I'm curious, where do you get your sound effects? Like, is there, do you just go to YouTube or is there a way to buy them? Like, what's the best way to, because I, I think the, the punching sound effect is great, but where do you get it? Sure. Um, I don't buy anything. I, uh, you know, I don't even buy a crazy movie editing software. I don't use Premiere Pro. I don't use Adobe After Effects, which I probably should because I could do a lot more. I have a MacBook and I use iMovie because it's the free software. And oh, iMovie has those sound effects? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just use that, but I go to YouTube. You know, I'll type in punch sound effect and I'll just listen to a bunch of them and I'll get one that I like and then I'll go um, type into Google youtube to mp3 converter and i'll copy and paste the link into that download the sound effect and that may be a long ass roundabout way to do it but like i said that's what works for me and that's what right. i've been doing for the three years i've been making videos and Got same it. thing you know i you know for the subscribe whenever i'm like you know it's y'all subscribe to the channel and then the red subscription thing comes up you know i'll type into youtube subscribe youtube subscribe green screen and then I'll download that in MP4 video format. And then I'll overlay that in my iMovie. So I download everything from the internet. Mm, All from okay. YouTube. Perfect. Yeah. I never thought to put in the, the word green screen, but my brain's making sense on how much easier yeah. that would be. You know, for anything, like gunshot green screen. And then you could have gunshots pop up on your screen and, and anything you want. I love it. Oh, man. Okay. That just... Whew, that just made the whole video for me. Because um, people, I don't even know how much my audience knows. I haven't spoken about it a lot, but I'm going to be making, I'm putting together a YouTube channel of my own and I'm trying to figure out as much as possible. Because, you know, I think we're, uh, humans by nature are perfectionists. And I think the reason is that they just don't want to disappoint themselves or other people. So I'm putting so much energy and just trying to make it work. And the audio is going to be the most annoying part. But my brain's figured out like most of everything now. And I'm just starting to piece together the video. So. Hopefully right. a month from now, I'll be like, yo, this green screen thing is because I spoke to Alex. Like, and thank the Lord for it. I had no idea about, you know, like I was making, I probably made 50 to 100 videos without that. And then one day I was like, shit, I wonder how I could do that. And like started typing some stuff into YouTube and found the green screens. And I was like, oh, 
like a eureka moment. I was like, yeah. oh my God, my life is so much easier now. It's like you're doing everything green screen now. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Here's Yoda vomiting green screen. I love right. it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Man. Um, so I want to make sure to highlight your channel. Obviously, you know, if people go on YouTube, they search for Alex Hefner yes. and the spelling, the proper spelling will be in the name of the title of this episode. So there's no excuse for not doing it right. I right. personally recommend that regardless of the style of music and preference you guys try to search for breaking benjamin or evanescence videos that alex does because i think they're they're great but i think you'll you'll love all of his stuff like, thank you it's it's great and um again just you know props to you thank you for it sounds cheesy but i don't care thanks for being like a a source of positivity sure. and that's regardless of what's going on in the world now but really i think it's a thing where you know some people they they need cat videos and some people need different things I think it's really cool that someone can pop on your channel and just live through your enthusiasm for five minutes, taking a song, even if it's like a hard metal, like, you know, even like a negative song, you're just like, yes, they're getting like so much positivity out of it. So um, I think I couldn't recommend you more enough for people just to check out and, and subscribe and, you know, throw, get one of his t-shirts also get him the, the, get the goosebumps one just so that uh, he knows that. that you guys are on this show right now and listening to it. Thank you so um, much, man. Yeah, but with that said, man, I don't want to keep you too long. I want to honor your schedule here, even though I can talk to you for another five hours. Um, but, dude, thank you for uh, this new insight, man. Your first uh, big YouTuber on the show, hopefully first of many. And I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me, dude. I learned. I'm, I learned a lot. I did too, man. I did too. This was this was a mutual thing, and I just you know thank you so much for keep mentioning the Evanescence and Breaking Benjamin videos. You know, like it's one of the beauties of the channel is one form of escapism. And two, after hearing songs over and over again that you like, you kind of get jaded to it. And you kind of like, uh, you the thrill is lost. And a lot of times that's kind of where I come in, where I get to recapture that and experience it for the first time, which allows you to re-experience that. And it reignites that flame. So I love that I could do that for you for Evanescence and Breaking Benjamin. Thanks one more time, Mr. Alex Hefner, for an awesome and insightful interview. I really appreciate it. Uh, those who are discovering this show for the first time, I hope you like that. And, you know, now might be a really great time to pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button. While you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you think about this episode. And maybe you'll check out some other episodes and give me some feedback on the tone and the direction in general. Uh, with that said, we are not stopping here. We've got a lot of other fun episodes and guests on the way shortly. So stay tuned. Make sure to be ready. And those will be on the way. Uh, but that's all I got for you today. So have a great day. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. <laughs>